Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sweet Suplex Retweets. A town down, screaming out loud. A town down, the future's right now. A town down, tearing the place down. A town down, Jack Graham would be proud. Hello, I am Ryan Leglish, <laughs> and <laughs> welcome. You'll be wondering, you don't host very often, Ryan, but just like my uh, good old prodigal son, Austin Terry, I am here taking things down, and I'm with no other than to my Austin Terry, my own Vince McMahon, but thank you for <laughs> running the show in the background, make sure everything's okay, but think of it as a wee bit creepier. It's Scott McLeod. How you doing, Scott? Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you for that weird comparison, there, Brian. <laughs> now, I, I let you host. Every time I try to give you a wee bit of praise, like when I stop calling you a work experience boy, despite the fact that David Hockney insists on running with that till it runs out of steam, which was three weeks ago. And, you know, when I try to support you in the draft, you do something to make me hate you again, and you compare for me to Vince McMahon at this at this time of year in this part of the country. And you know, you could have called me your Johnny Gargano because I'm showing you the way in the draft. But no, no, fuck you. <laughs> Still too early yet, Scott. Uh, but yeah, David, David did say, uh, or we all said during the, the the actual draft night for this season that I was no longer the work experience boy. So I don't know what year he's in. <laughs> David has this weird habit of taking a joke and making that joke long after the joke is being considered funny anymore. This is the Saturday Draft Live equivalent of The Simpsons, as in it was funny years ago, but somehow it's still going. (laughs) But yes, uh, it's myself, Ryan O'Glush, hosting. Um, It's something you don't see very often, something actually rather than Stephen Balsam going to a Rangers game, but yep. I'm here, I'm hosting, and, and I'm with Scott. And judging by that intro, that weird rendition of whatever that whatever Austin Theory song is meant to be, there's a reason you don't host very often, Ryan. Well, if you want more raps like that, Scott, you go over to soundcloud.com forward slash deep crimson for more beats like that. <laughs> but anyway, on with the show, Scott. Um, before I do that, uh, you know our socials, you know where to find us. Blah, 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 you hear it every week, okay? I'm sure Stephen will be happy how I said it, but that's how I'm saying it this <laughs> week. Uh, so, we'll go with the top three of the week, Scott. And something we might have to see a bit more often now, we're used to complaining that it, it's never been the case, but we actually have champion Seth freaking Rollins in 11 points, third place. Yeah, yeah, I think 
in the early seasons of the draft, like at least the first three seasons, for most of them, Seth was universal champion. So uh, in the early part of the draft, he was like the top male pick like overall in terms of performance. Over the last year and a bit, he seems to be the guy that gets big matches but does tend to lose them. But he's so charismatic that he just moves on to the next thing and doesn't hurt him. But it doesn't really help you if you've got him in the draft if he's losing all these these big matches. So actually, that's why you know I'm I'm always a bit wary when someone picks Seth Rollins. But I think it's worked out for Stephen because he won the first match against Riddle at Clash at Castle. Yes, he lost, went on to lose at, at Extreme Rules. But then he's come on to win the US title and winning via DQ, I believe it was, or overtaining via DQ against Riddle. And now he's doing a thing with Mustafa Ali, which I'm assuming will go to Crown Jewel. So I think now that Seth has some some gold on him again for however long this uh, lasts, Seth is probably maybe going to get back to what he was before in terms of a uh, terms of value in the draft. Yeah, it's 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 always Seth Rollins. Um, he's either amazing or he's <laughs> like the worst <laughs> round for that pick. <laughs> <laughs> Usually when I pick them, he's never great. But that's Seth yeah. Rollins for you. <laughs> yeah, there are always those people, you know, you pick them, they don't do well. Then a few after a few scenes of other people picking them, you're like, I'll give them another shot and they do shit again. I've, I've been there. I've been stung by that many times. Always three months too late. That's the, the horrible yeah. trait of this draft. But um, same old story, Scott, with joint first and second with damage control and 18 points. Is that something you think is going to just keep steamrolling through this draft? I think so, especially in weeks where they have you know the title defences, because they successfully defended them last night against Shotzi and Raquel. Now I know they're trying to build the division right now, but I don't. There aren't that many strong teams right now. I mean, they've already beaten uh, Raquel and Aliyah now Raquel and Shotzi, and I think they've defended them against one, at least one other team. I'm I'm assuming they'll go revisit things with Bliss and Asuka, so I'm assuming maybe they'll have one at least one more defense before the season is out. But you know, I think just them being on, you know, TV regularly with Bailey alone, even if they're not defending the titles, will help get them strong points. And the fact that you know, assume them along with Bailey, maybe one other person will be a big feature in the women's war game. So yeah, if this keep, I think this moment is going to keep up right up to the final. Right up to the finale of the season, and I think even if they're not champions after this, I still think Damage Control are going to be high high valued picks in the future seasons. Well, even look at this way, Scott. Like going with current trends, you only need one other female wrestler to go with Raquel to challenge them because that seems to be the current trend. Just give somebody at yeah. Raquel and they can lose. <laughs> yeah, it does seem to be the, the running thing. Like, like, okay, you didn't work. Okay, you didn't work. Like, is there anybody who can team with me that can actually beat these fuckers? Natalia, you're free. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, um, we'll go through the, the main league um, structure just now and then we'll continue with the show, Scott. So, and that good old last place, finally hitting over the 100 points, Barry on 101 points, it's Andy Mitchell, Vince McMahon's financial advisor. Uh, ninth place, Gary Kern, 144 with Team Viscera. Grant McRobbie in 8th, 187, Walter Finaki. Uh, the last in the league boy, Dan Axel Jameson, 195 points. Bozza Jericho in seventh place. And then you get yourself, Scott, Ding Dong, Cowboy Shirts on 201 points. Then you've got the top half of the table, the fallen giant, Jack Graham, on three, three-time kings of drafting on 208 points. Sorry, 
Joint with Jack Graham. Uh, joint and fourth, they dropped Miss Ross McLeod also in 208 points with a full-bodied Bordeaux. And then we've got Stephen Wilson, third place, the Wilson Wankers on 224. And then what's now suddenly a, a massive gap between myself and the other Ryan, 237 points for Ryan, North Men, South Men, Conrad's all, and then 239 for myself, the Ryan Redeemers. Um, yeah, that I mean, gap was not there last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot can change in a week. I mean, we must talk about you know the fact that he was in third place last week. Now he's moved down a couple of places further. Jack is, you know, you know he's going down, down. It's, it's Rangers after it's Rangers after the winter break, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's falling faster than Mufasa into a herd of wildebeests. The hand of star. <laughs> I mean. Looking at the current table, I would like to make a bold prediction now, and I think someone called Ryan will win this season. That is all. I hopefully but... I'm inclined to, to to agree with you. Well, I mean, we we'll see we've got a few paper paper views and a long while to the the season waits um, finishes, but um, thanks for looking to here in Ryan Castle. <laughs> I mean, you look at I think Bobby Lashley uh, losing. It has a big thing to do with that. Also, losing to Seth Rollins after the attack with, with Brock Lesnar. And then he's got that thing set up at a, a crowd duel match with Lesnar. Uh, but, you know, a successful Gunther defence over Rey Mysterio could help bring him back up. So, as much as we like to joke and we we're, we're taking great enjoyment in the fact that we've got a couple of weeks where, where Jack isn't in, the, isn't in the top of the table. You know, we can't rule him out yet because he might kind of pop back up at the end of the season to just ruin it for everyone. But I think what's keeping the two Ryans at the top is because we, we've got the two top picks of the, that have been the top three like the last few weeks, well, for ages now. And that's like EO and Dakota. So as long as, I just mentioned there, that Dakota and EO's momentum keeps going, I think you and Ryan Gallagher will, will stay on top. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but having a season where there's two juggernauts... It's really weird because I'm not a tag team, obviously, but like usually you just have one standard star that carries you at the top and these weird juggernaut seasons, but there's two here. That makes it really awkward. Well, yeah, but then I think it makes it more interesting with this situation because usually you have two, sometimes you have two juggernauts, but usually it's two people who are doing their own separate thing. But usually have got two juggernauts that happen to be a team together that you've chosen to take as individuals. So it's weird. Like, it's basically you and Ryan need to rely on the rest of your team who aren't juggernauts because in case of like if you do well with EO then he'll do well with Dakota so you need to rely on like your Austin Theories your Sami Zayn's on your team you know while it's team the other side like Ryan's also Gallagher's also doing well because he's got picks like the Acclaimed who had a successful AEW tight team tail defence last night yeah um, it's definitely a battle of um, the best of the rest and with, yeah. with the team um, thankfully I've got people like Sami Zayn's carrying my team a lot uh, I've also got a zero pointer, so <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, like, I, I, I might need to go back into the far reaches because we've been doing this since this 14 seasons. We've been doing this now. I need to look far, far back in history of the draft, but I don't believe anybody's ever had a winning team that had somebody on zero points before. Because more often than not, having that one player on zero, we always say, well, that's always a factor because you know if other people aren't doing well, and then you've got that person who maybe they could have had points if they were here. So I don't think anyone's ever actually won the season with a zero pointer before, but I'm still I'm still not unconvinced that they could pop up at some point. No, no transfer season either. Yeah. Uh, but I actually think 
I'm not sure. Like it's been very quiet and weird. If they'll come back or not, so I'm not banking on it. For hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean that at all. But anyway, uh, but, talking uh, of. Sorry, we got to say, we got to think though. We should mention. I think it was the guys mentioned it last week that extreme rules was a big factor in Jack's downfall. You got to think because Gunther <laughs> did lose it. It was a non-tail situation, but Gunther did lose on that, and also Edge lost on that show as well. So he's off. He's off. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's off. He's buggered off to be Aries in a Percy Jackson mini uh, series. So and he's got one pick who could have their downfall potentially at Halloween Havoc tonight, as we're gonna talk about later on. So you know, Extreme Rules got a lot of praise from 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 fans, except for Jack Graham because it fucked his draft. <laughs> I'm ex-warning when he got up. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Um... Unfortunately for yourself, Scott, you're not in the hosting chair, so you will have to go through the next segment with myself. However, I will take away some of the uh, burden of doing this this other league, and I'm going to refer to it now as the David Campbell League. So if you can drop off the top five for me, that'd be greatly appreciated. All right, then, if I must, if I must, it's my, it's my burden. Uh, we have Martin Best, I think, a new person in the top five of the listeners' league. And 209 points with progress travel. Uh, we have Craig Forsyth with who knows at this point. Well, Craig, you're not quite at the top yet, so that's why I know. 218 and a half points. Just half point ahead of him with last minute picks is Johnny Adam with 219. And a bit of a jump, 239 points. Save Pussy with Conrad by Stuart. Stuart, no, no second name. He's like McLovin or Cher. He just has one name. And I know Dave would always <laughs> laugh at that name. Oh, Save Pussy, like, because Dave is an immature person. But then a big, bigger jump, 253 points. A man, talking about juggernauts. But this man makes Vinnie Jones' portrayal as a juggernaut look like shit because he's the true juggernaut of the Listener's League. He is David Campbell. He's at 253 points. He's running roughshod on all these boys. He's like when Neville was cruiserweight champion, walking in and battering everybody. <laughs> Um, you, you'll be glad you finally rattled it off, Scott. But I will have to address one thing that was said this morning. You're not in the literally chat much to your that will benefit your mental health. But um, yeah, I mean, David, I mean, in fact, I mean, I'm I'm in a lot of Stuart chats with people I'm good friends with. That I still don't want to be in. So why the fuck <laughs> would I be in the listener league chat? Very good point. I have to remember my origins. But David's been a very naughty boy and offering uh, Stuart, who's in second place. Uh, some form of deal to get him to drop out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the most <laughs> goat thing I've ever heard of my life. <laughs> oh, he should be. he's been to tampering quote, again, has he? To quote, he's too close for my liking. <laughs> too close? He's... It's like 14 he's like, points or something, isn't he? I have, I have about 14, 15 points behind you. Like, how is that too close? I mean... <laughs> You you send that to Ryan Gallagher because he's like what two points behind you? Then you're too close for my liking. If not fifteen points, it's like you at this point saying to Ross, "Oh, you're too close to me." When he's on two hundred and eight points. Um, but I'll also address Scott because obviously we're talking about this league. Um, as we're a lot of you are kind of aware, myself and David Campbell are in the race for the first person to win both the main league and the Listeners league, and. It's looking like David will, but I might as well. So there might not be a first. But I will yeah, say, 
I will say, um, I'll do if I do do it this season. It'll be in future seasons, and David did it, so that makes me the chump. <laughs> yeah, and you, but you did it the right way. You, you know, went <laughs> you went from the dregs, the minor leagues, the developmental, to to the main roster, and then won it. And um, you know, I think it depends, you know, who you guys have in your team. If you have somebody in your team that you need to get a win in order to, you know, win the league. And he has somebody on his team he needs to win, but they're in separate matches. I I would technically say whoever is up first and gets that win first is, you know, technically got it first. Like if you've got EO Sky and like the women's war games and that, uh, and that's up like first in the card at Survivor Series. And he's got let me remind myself his team. Who's he got? I'm not seeing the teams that David's team or who's David got, do you remember? Uh two seconds, we'll just check for you. It's just a fucking mess. But he's got, but he's but see he's also got like <laughs> Seth Rollins with a US title match at Survivor Season. Seth's on later in the car. If Damage Control wins at the start of the show, but Seth Rollins is for a couple of matches in, and even if Seth Rollins wins, it secures David Campbell a listeners' league win. You've your team's already got the points they need to win, so you've technically beaten by like half an hour. So you've technically done it first. If you get what I mean. Yeah. Um... It was a convoluted way to get there, but my point was, depending on place order of the card and whoever, because it's always going into the finale, you need to, you always need that one person to get that one last win, those one last few points to secure your, your place. I'm saying depending on card placement, there's a chance that'll determine who did it technically first. Ah, right, okay, well that's, that's scary. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, the Lassers League. Uh, Scott, anything else you want to add to the show before we Continue on to Halloween, Halloween Havoc. Not really, no. Yeah. I talked about Listener's League long enough. Yeah, that's, that's what you get for all the track check. Uh, did anyone draft Imperium this, this season? Uh, no, no, we've only we've only got Gunther drafted, uh, but no Ludwig and I don't think anybody really cared when Giovanovic was still in NXT 2.0 and I don't think anyone uh, could have anticipated that he'd oh, come hold up. Hold on, hold on. I'm on the Halloween Havoc tab from last year. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wondering, like, is something to be announced about Imperium making an appearance? Because I know there was a bunch of people from the main roster popping up on uh, on NXT this past week. I know uh, Rhea Ripley was there. That would be some extra points for Stephen Wilson because Rhea Ripley was, was there. Right, so Scott, we'll try again. <laughs> yeah, again no, one's, no one's drafted Apollo Crews or Grayson Waller, so we'll go past that. Oh. Uh, anyone drafted the Creed Brothers? Uh, someone has drafted the Creed Brothers. That would be Stephen. But uh, given this is uh, Julius Creed, I believe, uh, wrestling Damon Kemp in an ambulance match, uh, nobody, other airmen, thought to pick them as a single star. So only appearance points for for Stephen on this occasion. Um, then we go on. Uh, there was Roxanne Perez, Cora, Cora Jade. I've got Cora Jade. Has anyone got Roxanne uh, Perez? Be, that would be between you and Graham McRobbie. Graham McRobbie has Roxanne Perez, his only WWE-related pick in the draft, and she's currently on eight points. The only person lower than her is Malachi Black, who buggered off really early <laughs> on in the season. I mean, for his own reasons, you know, but you know, it's, it doesn't do anything for, for Grant's benefit. Yeah, um, I'm confident it goes in my favour. Uh, personally, but with this shit, you can never really tell, so um, I'm not worried about it. If she does lose, to be honest, it's not the worst amount of points to lose, but I'll take it if she wins. Um, 
Mandy Rose is on, I want to say, Ross's Jack's team. Jack's, Jack's team. Jack's got uh, Mandy Rose. Nobody's got Alva. I did have her in the past when I thought she would win the title, but she didn't. So, yeah, again, that's what we were talking about earlier on. You get them, they don't do well, but then <laughs> I really believe there's a chance that uh, Alva could win the title because Mandy Rose might have some time off because stories are she's said some stuff personally, so she might want to take some time off. Uh, plus, I think she should be on the main roster anyway. So, again, like, Jack's already went into the midpoint of the table after being dominant for so long. So if Andy Rose loses, this is definitely pay-per-view title losses. So that'd be a further kick in the balls <laughs> to, to his team. I think it would make Alba Fire suddenly a very valuable pick. There's quite a few picks that are a lot of high scoring but aren't drafted this season, it looks like to me. Yeah, as you said, Scott, like um, about how you, uh, they never work out when you pick them. It's like people think this draft is fun. It's just a curse. Yeah. Just chasing last season's former glory. It's all you do every three months. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. But like, uh, I look at like people, right, the only other top XT pick, I think, from uh, Halloween Havoc that is bloody Braun Breaker, that's on Ross's team. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's weird, I, I think this is a season that nobody really thought about picking that many XT picks, but other than, like, say, Ross and like, Jack, who also picked, like, Katana and Chance. Uh, like Carter and Chance, sorry. You know, there's been some really odd NXT picks, like buddy Andy Mitchell picking the D'Angelo family for <laughs> whatever reason, and Janet Jameson picking uh, the Kia Lions, and I picked Zoe Stark, who's not really done the best for me. So I think, you know, people need to really reevaluate their NXT picks going into the next season, especially now that they're, you know, white and gold and not like the big rainbow colour. NXT. Yeah, I think it'll be important for next season because we've now got a bit more clarity about what changes have been made. Mm-hmm. We know who's going on television. We know who's picking up the points here and there. We'll have more information. That's probably one of the reasons why we didn't last yeah. season. This season. Um, but like, I think a few seasons back, uh, I can't remember how long ago it was, but Ryan Gallagher, I think it was picked pretty deadly. When they were still in like an XC UK back when we were still doing that. And yet, weirdly enough, I think they'd be one of the top scoring tag teams if you picked them this season because you know, they're the current NXT tag team champions. And they've got probably an easy title defense coming up at Halloween Havoc as well. Uh, so I never thought I'd see the day where pretty deadly amongst the NXT picks were pretty deadly or up on the top end of you know priorities of which teams you should get. Yeah, that that would be really interesting when that does go down. But, um, I'll take you to the... Has anyone got anyone from the five-way ladder match? I'm assuming not, right? And Carmelo no, Hayes. Nobody's got Carmelo Hayes. Oh, no, Stephen does. Stephen does. Oh, he's got Carmelo. I don't, although I don't think he's actually going to win, though, because if they... Cause he, I, don't, I don't think they would have done the whole switch of like him losing to Solo, but then Solo have to vacate it only for Carmelo to win it back. I think somebody else is going to win this and then that would be another buddy undrafted person getting very high IO picks and everyone's like why the fuck could I not predict six weeks into the future that so and so would get a push so those points not for Steven <laughs> um, yeah I, I don't believe that Camilo's winning uh, I don't think Camilo's got long in NXT at this point but yeah, there's some very people who's going to be very valuable next season like I think 
whoever wins the ladder match, who are pretty deadly. I think Orange Cassidy from AEW is going to be available next week because next season, sorry, because you know now he's defending that bloody All Atlantic belt. Because Orange Cassidy seems to be one of the most overlooked people in this whole draft. I have noticed that. I definitely have noticed that. But again, when I've picked him, he's been gash. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, there's one person who could show up at Halloween Havoc that could be very valuable to you. Ryan, and could help you extend your, your lead here against Van Gallagher with uh, Austin Fee, the man who's almost flawless, you almost flawlessly uh, you know, did a rendition of his music at the start there. Austin Fee, he's in that he was going to cash in the NXT Championship during or at the end of the NXT Championship triple threat at Halloween Havoc in the main event. And you know, I wouldn't be against him winning the NXT title, maybe going back and forth between NXT and Raw with the NXT title. It would make him a very valuable pick. And, you know, he never really got to do much on his own in NXT. You know, he was just a lackey kind of in the way. And then he got called up and was suddenly Vince's guy. So I think I'd like to see him as NXT champ because your only choices now are like, he cashes in on Roman and fails or he goes after the NXT title because, you know, Roman isn't dropping those belts anytime soon, and so he's clearly not the guy they want to get them off him. So, you know, it's one of your only other options at this point. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, outside the draft, it makes the most sense. Like, no one cashes in an Intercontinental Champion. It's just not something that happens. I think having it cashed in an NXT gives NXT exposure as well. So it makes sense in that. And I, I'll confess, it makes me sound like a smartass, right? But <laughs> Monday night, so the night, the night, oh, sorry. Tuesday afternoon before the show of NXT, I messaged my good, my good old friend Jack Graham and went, I bet you Austin Theory cashes in on Thorn Breaker this weekend. And Jack's like, no, that's mad. How'd you see that coming? And then I messaged him the following day, have you seen NXT yet? I mean, talk about people who might be ready for the main roster. I think Braun Breaker's been a main roster looking guy for ages. And so, like, he's beating pretty much everybody. And you can kind of protect him at a triple threat plus, you know, how many in the bank cash. And it'll even have, like, somebody else in the like, have Dragunov on the tail on the triple threat that he gets cashed in on, which means Baker can bugger off to the main roster and then they've got a fresh feud and NXT for the tail between Dragunov and Theory. Yeah, um, JD's not winning. Yeah, JD's not winning. name is now. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, rightfully so. Something that occurred to me the other day, although somebody else said it, but I kept on the mind, oh, that makes sense. Everybody was annoyed when he went from Jordan Devlin to JD McDonough, but like, think about it. What do you think the JD stands for? Hmm? <laughs> They're not just letters, you know. JD and Skrulls wasn't just called JD, it stood for something. Your, your name's not Irish enough, son. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, need to, we'll need to spice it up a little. Um... But no, I'm I'm very looking forward to tonight, and I think I have a massive advantage if I, if I do have an NXT champion in my pick one, considering the amount of shit I got for picking him round one at the end of the season. I'd love it. He's only scored twenty one points, so I could really do with that. I'd be really appreciated. Um, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember if I gave you as much shit as Dave did, but I probably did give you some shit. Or, David but... Carmel definitely did, uh, <laughs> and I'll but... remember. <laughs> well, 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 my point was, I think, you know, we, we always got to think of the context of the time and when people could pick these because this was after Vince had left and Theory was getting battered on an almost weekly basis by Roman, by Drew, by Brock Lesnar. So 
Gee, was that very much his lowest point when you picked him? Right. Well, to be fair, there's a lot of change. I don't know what's going to happen with him yet. So that's my defence. Yeah. Um, you, you stick to that. Is there anything else we want to cover before we go, Scott? Call it a day? Yeah, may as well. Yeah. Don't worry, overstay, we're welcome. Aye. Um, I want to go have a drink later, so so don't <laughs> let's not hold it up. Um, but yeah, this is this is it for this week. I'm your I've been your host Ryan Oglish. Thank you, Scott, for joining me. Thank you very much. And Ryan, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention. You, know, you can probably tell by the, the number you can see on the title list, but next week is episode one hundred and fifty of Saturday Draft Live. Yes, we've been here for one hundred and fifty episodes each and every week because we won't piss off no matter how many times people tell us to. So hopefully it'll be one of those special editions. We're going to have as many SDL hosts as are already available scheduling-wise to be here and talk about the, what's going on in the draft, talk about drafting memories, and talk about why we're so great compared to every other show on ESSR. You know, typical stuff. Well, no other show celebrates anniversaries that we do, Scott. This is, this is, this is the A show. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, recorded on a Saturday. Saturday's the day. The Aye. day track is done. So I give age. up every I give up every, my lions every <laughs> third Saturday nowadays to get up and record this for you. You know, and then other Saturdays I crawl out my bed maybe at eleven thirty to put the hard work in to edit this podcast for you. I mean who else would go through that much effort? Yeah, just like Vince here, Scott, um doesn't matter how hard you work, Scott McLeod works harder. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, to confirm, I will be there. That's the most important thing. I will be there. Well, you will be there. We'll be there. And yeah, we hope you enjoy uh, enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next week. And see you later. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.